new hope in the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Today, Randy is teaching on how we are designed for dignity and faith versus works. Please turn in your Bibles to James 2 as we continue on in our series, Family. Let's listen now. Up your Bibles, book of James chapter 2. We're going to talk about faith and works today. Normally, I have you stand and read scripture, but just for time, because um, we're going to go through most of this chapter. If you need a Bible, slip your hand up. We'll put one in your hand. And as we're doing that, uh, let me just remind you, um, School of Discipleship, as a church, you pay for that. Thank you. Um, everything else that's there is amazing, and that's a part of it. But if, you, if we do not have churches, none of this works. 300 churches. 300 churches and cell groups out of our little church. Thank you, Grace New Hope. Thank you so much for giving. Um, yes, thank you so much for giving. Last week, I told you I, at the second service, I made a joke about it, that we had made a bigger commitment, and I hope the elders were okay with me making a bigger commitment. And I also said there were playgrounds. There was one playground that I mentioned. There was another playground I didn't mention, um, last, we got both playgrounds last week. So a couple people stepped up and covered those playgrounds. Um, so these two, these two Jesus schools that provide education for kids that would not have education. One of these literally is at the edge of the jungle. I have a picture of it in my phone. I mean, you, you walk out of the school and, and there's, a, there's about 10 more feet of road and then it's a path and it's jungle. I climbed up on top of one of the buildings. It's as far as you can see as jungle. And these kids get education, and, and they did not have a playground. They are going to have a playground. Now, we're going this summer if you want to go help us build it. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be going, so save up your pennies, uh, your dollars, your tens of dollars, your hundreds of dollars. Cambodia is an expensive flight. I don't know why. It's the most expensive place in the world to fly to. But, um, but we're going this summer. Thank you guys so much. Um, and while I'm thanking you, um, prayer cards. In the back, we're gonna we're gonna mention this at the end, but but uh, thank you guys for filling those those out. Summit is coming up next weekend. This is in your Grace Notes. This is our gathering of all the family of churches. We're doing that at Grace Monroe uh, the next Saturday. Love to have you come and join us. If money's an issue, let me know. Um, we've got codes to to make that cheaper. Uh, students, we want high schoolers to come and join us for this. It's going to be a great time uh, with the Grace family of. Uh, Grace Collective, Sarah and Daniel, and some of our singers are a part of that. And um, it just, God's just doing a lot of really cool things across the family. And last but not least, we started lugging Kids Life Wednesday night, and this building was packed. It was amazing. Listen, I love the fact that we create a traffic jam out on the road. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. I'm, so, uh, so thank you all so much. James chapter 2, faith versus works title of this is Designed for Dignity. I want to talk to you a little bit about partiality today. Uh, everybody's, any of you guys grow up in a home where you felt like your parents had a favorite kid? Anybody in that? You know, my, my kids would, would, would always say, Daniel and Sarah would always say, listen, Elizabeth is the favorite, hands down. Elizabeth would always say, on the other hand, Elizabeth is the favorite, hands down. Maybe you were that kid who grew up and you, like you kind of knew you kind of got a pass uh, more than your brother or sister did. Or maybe you were the kid who felt like you didn't. 
and, and that kind of that was some, some grit in your craw. So, so I want to talk to you a little bit today about partiality, and then we're going to talk about faith and works. James chapter 2, verse 1, look at this. He says, my brothers, and he starts there, just mentally put that right here, my brothers. Now look at the end of this verse. He says, in our Lord Jesus Christ, the light of glory. Put that over here, because in the middle, look at what goes in the middle. In the middle, he says, show no partiality. You might even just want to put an X across that in your Bible. Show no partiality. Look, as you hold the faith, you cannot have faith and partiality in the same sentence. You can't have, listen, by the way, as a believer, you can't have shame in your name in the same sentence. If you know Jesus, can I get an amen? I'm expecting my amen row to give me a little, do I have to go get my sign? I got a little sign that says, can I get an amen? All right. You can't have shame in your name in the same sentence. And anybody that puts shame in your name in the same sentence, they are not listening to what God says. They are not listening to what Jesus said. We, we had a dinner last night with our, our morning prayer group. And Tina shared a testimony. She's going to do it at, at, on um, Good Friday. I, 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 I need her to do that. I, Tina, are you in the room? Is Tina in here this morning? Tina, can I get you for no pressure here at all? Good Friday, because that was amazing. And she was just talking about how Jesus took shame. You can't have shame in your name. You know what else? You can't have partiality and faith in the same sentence. So you can just kind of put an X right there, because what this is showing us is if you're going to have brother and you're going to have Jesus, those are connected by faith, not by partiality. So when we put partiality in there, we're throwing something in there. That's why there's a negative. And the way the Greek puts it, it's, even a, it's a very strong way that they do this. You're going to see it a little bit later on. Some of the language that's in here is really strong language. He says, you, you can't have that. For, now watch this. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place. While you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit here in my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Circle verse four, just the number. I'm going to show you why in just a second. Put an arrow down and circle verse six. I'm going to show you why in just a second. He says, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Now, this doesn't mean that we don't have partialities, preferences. We, we don't have partialities, we have preferences. Are there any Coke people in the room over Pepsi? Coke people? Jenna, give somebody a Coke that's got their hand up. Coca-Cola people. All right, Coke people right here. These are nice and ice cold Coca-Cola. You can open it, it's okay. We hadn't shook them up or nothing, all right? All right, anybody else Coke person, Coke? Any Coke Zero people in the room? Yeah, it's a cult, isn't it? Yeah. Coke Zero people, Coke Zero people. Jenny, this, this side of the room's feeling like you're showing partiality, all right? Okay, this side of the room's a little bit. Diet Coke people, not Coke Zero people. Yeah, there's about two people in the room. Yeah, listen, you are on the downside of history. I just want you to know that. Diet Coke people over Coke. We've always got, there's things, look, we've got friends we like being around more than other friends. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not what this is saying. This is not saying that everything in your life is vanilla. That's not what it's saying. Chocolate's good, you know? 
Reese's peanut butter cup flavor. You know, it's good. There's no, this isn't saying, this is saying when you put somebody above somebody in such a way that you're putting somebody outside. We were on a mission trip with, several years ago when I was at Snellville. We took 350 kids on summer missions. We had two weeks of summer missions. And, and what, we had teams in Florida. We had teams in downtown Atlanta. We had Clarkston. And we also were in Indiana. And I was up in Indiana. And long story short, we, we, were, we had kids at a homeless shelter serving meals and cleaning. We had kids working a camp, and then we had a work crew that was putting in fencing at the camp, and I was helping the work crew. And, and we were digging post holes. Now, I don't know if any of y'all got a PhD or not, a post hole digger, um, but uh, I, I know it wasn't that funny. But, but, but if you've ever dug a post hole with a post hole digger, and I've done it a lot, they make this amazing thing called an auger that goes on a tractor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, life got better when I discovered that. And, and so I'm out there all day because I'm a, I'm a farm boy. So I'm out there all day digging post holes with this auger, and we're putting post holes in, posts in. And I had my John Deere hat and everything. And I drive the kids back up to the homeless shelter because we were staying at the homeless shelter, the work crew. And I dropped them off, and then I went and parked the bus. Well, I've been driving this tractor all day, putting post holes in. I got a white T-shirt on. I'm covered in dirt head to toe. got a John Deere hat on got dirty boots. I walk up to the door of the homeless shelter and the manager who doesn't know me, I get ready to walk in and he takes his hand and he puts it right in my chest and goes, where are you going? I said, hopefully inside. He goes, no, you wait right here. I said, oh, I'm confused. I said, oh, I'm supposed to go inside. He goes, no, you're going to stand here and hold my bike, that's not the words he used, but that's what I'm going to use, for five minutes before you come in. He had a bike. It was leaned up against the wall. I said, you want me to hold your bike? He goes, yeah, you idiot. Hold my bike. I'm still so confused. And then it hits me. He thinks I'm homeless. And I've got to run, jump through his little hoop to get into the shelter. And if I'm homeless, and that's where I'm going to be tonight, or I'm out on the street in danger, I'm going to hold his bike. I'm like, oh, yes, sir, if you'll let me hold your bike, can I come in in five minutes? Uh, yeah, I'll hold your bike because I know how this is going to end. So I'm standing there holding his bike and then my friend Cal who runs Wheeler Mission sees me standing over there holding this guy's bike. And Cal comes walking over because what are you doing? I said, Cal, I'm homeless. And I'm holding his bike or I can't come in. That was fun. <laughs> That's partiality, church. That's what he's talking about right here. He says, that's why he says, listen, my beloved brothers. Again, he comes back to that phrase. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he has promised to those who love him? This is why you connect it to verse six. But you have dishonored the poor man. 
Are not the rich ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? See, you are becoming a judge. This is where four and six connect. You're making distinctions. You're judging. You're making distinctions based on things that God doesn't judge. There's a difference between wisdom and discernment and, and putting things in the context of the way God sees things and judging based in a different way than God sees things. And when you're judging based in a way that God doesn't see things, you are wrong. So let me fill in some notes here. Partiality tears down others' dignity. There are certainly people that you can't win with. You know that. And here's the word. Just don't be like them. When you got people in your life that you can't win with, just don't be like them. Because they are wrong. They are on the other side of the way God is because we have a God who's filled with grace. And we believe that all people have value because they're made in the image of God. Partiality tears down. Wait just one second before we fill that in because I want to fill in these other couple of notes and then we're going to come back. You see, to impress people instead of love people will always result in a loss of dignity. If you're living your life to impress people over loving people, you love first. Let the impressive part be up to God. Love people well. And here's the last thing, and then we're gonna go back and fill in that blank on C. You were made in dignity, no cap. You can ask your kids what that means. Huh? Can, can someone under the age of 18 in the room and tell them what no cap means? All right. Okay. <laughs> what's, what's it mean? No lie. So this is no lie. Yeah. You were made in dignity. James 1.18, this was from last week. He chose to give birth to you by giving in us his true word. And we, out of all creation, watch this, out of everything God made, and it was all good, 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 the Hebrew word tov, good, 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 good. And then he makes humanity. Specifically, when it comes to the part of woman. There's a qualifier on it. It's very good. And I say, yay, God. His prized possession. Psalm 139, 13 and 14, that you knit together all those delicate inner parts, intricate inner parts. You knit them together. God was thinking of you. It doesn't matter. Maybe you were not a planned child. Maybe we're going to talk about foster care at the end of this of this service. Maybe you were a child that was not planned. Maybe you were a child that was put up for adoption there. Listen, God knew who you were. Before anybody even knew you existed. He knew who you were. He he knew what you would be like. He knew the color of your eyes. He knew how much hair you would have. Or not. Thank you. I can grow tons of hair. It's just all in the back. 
He knew the color of your eyes. He knew if you were a morning person or not. And he would put morning people and night people together just to balance it out. <laughs> he knew the hard things that would come your way. And he knew who he would put around you to walk through you in those journeys. In Ephesians 2.10, we are God's masterpiece. We are his workmanship, created for good works. Listen, that word in the Greek, it's even more beautiful. Poema. You know what that means? You're his poem. That means he wasn't, he was, when, he was, when he was writing of your life, he wasn't writing just narrative stuff. It wasn't even just story. It was poem. He, listen, I try to write poems to Anita. They're bad. So I found this stationery that's got poems on the bottom, and I just underline words now. You are his poem. That's what he thinks of you. So what, but watch this. When partiality, here's the thing. Partiality tears down our dignity. Watch this. If I, if I tear down Don's dignity, what I'm ultimately doing here is I'm ultimately knowing in my mind that if I tear down Don's dignity, somebody else tears down my dignity. And if I listen to that long enough, I'll start thinking God does the same thing. When you tear down other people's dignity, you're ultimately tearing down the dignity of humanity. This is, this is why, this is why that, that poem that, that says that when, when any, part of, any, any part of Gibraltar falls off, the world is lesser for it. We, we are part of something that is so much bigger. And when we diminish humanity, when we diminish the dignity of people, we tear down not just them, we tear ourselves down and we start believing that ourselves. But when we start seeing things the way God does, it changes the way we view everything. And that is the qualifier, church, for faith and works. It's modified by this, mercy triumphs over justice, over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Look at this, verse 13. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy will win because it is stronger. As we're looking at this next subject here of faith and works, it does not stand apart from the phrases on the way that we care for other people about dignity. These are together. As a matter of fact, this entire this entire section here on faith and works is directly tied in to the way that we look at other people. That's what it's about. That's the subject of it. These aren't separate topics. Scripture interprets scripture. Now, let me, I want to do something really quick with you, okay? All scripture is God-breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16. All scripture is equal. Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active. And when it says the word of God, it doesn't say some of it versus other parts. But there are things in scripture that we understand more clearly. So I, I made up a little graphic today. Actually, the, so, so the, the tech team did this for me today. Thank you, that's not the one I wanted you to show. That's the one I did earlier today, all right? 
Okay, there you go. Thank you. All right, that's much better. All right, so we'll talk about that later. Um, so, so covenant law, this is built off of the Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh, that you have covenant law, you have covenant life, and you have covenant history. In the New Testament, we're just going to do that for now as we look at Scripture, interpreting Scripture. Covenant law in the New Testament is the Gospels. So if you have a question, the first place you go to is the Gospels. It doesn't mean it's weighted more. It means it's, there's a clarity to that. So the first place you go to is the Gospels. And you go, what does the Gospels say about this? Then you go to Covenant Life, which is the Epistles. What does the Epistles say about this? Then you go to the history. There's places in the history, there, there's places in the history, especially in the Old Testament, that are examples, but you're not supposed to do them. You're not supposed to live the way Saul lived, Okay. You're not supposed to live the way Samson lived. You're not supposed to do those things. There's all kind of, you're, you're, you're not supposed to do what Balaam did. There's all kinds of examples, okay? But, but you have law and you have life and you have history. Scripture interprets scripture. We always go back when we have a question about anything in scripture, we go back to the broader question of scripture. And as we're looking at faith and works here, the first place you're gonna go to is the scripture that goes right before it and right after it. And next week, Patrick's gonna talk about what comes right after this. But right before it is this entire section about the dignity of people. Maybe you grew up in an environment that was an incredibly legalistic environment and you think you've gotta earn God's pleasure and you've gotta earn, if you don't work really hard, God will not be happy with you. Listen, that may have been your childhood. That's not your faith. I had a conversation last night with a friend of mine um, who works in government and business and, and those connected. And, and he told me this story. And I'd heard it before, but I wanted to get the clarity of it. In, uh, in September of 2001, President Bush wanted Coretta Scott King to come to the White House for dinner. And he called and said, you know, can, can you bring her here? I know you have access to planes. And, and, they, and they made the connections and everything. And and he said, I got on the plane with, with Miss King and her security and her chief of staff. And she had this rule. She was 80 years old at the time. And she had this rule. And she said, you know, I sleep in my own bed. I'm 80 years old. I'll go anywhere. I'll go to any meeting. But I come back and I sleep in my bed. So they flew up to D.C. And they flew on a turboprop because you can't fly out of the city. You can't fly out of that airport after on a jet. You can't fly, take a jet off after 10 p.m. So they took the turboprop, which is still a nice plane. And they flew in and they had dinner and they got on the plane. They're leaving. It's midnight. Um, ironically, not ironically, even September, um, September, this is 9-11, September 11, 2001. The next day, had, had they waited, they couldn't have left. And they were on the plane and, and he said, you know, when you're sitting with, with Miss King, you, you speak with a, not just a certain air of dignity, but you also give her her space and he said we it was very pleasant she was very kind but he said he said we had we had not spoken a lot he said um and on the way back she slept a little bit and and he said I didn't even know that she knew who I was and he said right before we landed she said sir you you have a son right yes he's named after you right yes she goes, I have a son named after Martin. And she said, 
Martin's dad, after Martin was killed, after he was murdered, Martin's dad would, would talk to five-year-old Martin III and say, one day you're going to go to Morehouse College and you're going to be the preacher here of Ebenezer Baptist. And she said, every, every day after church, I would go home and I would say, listen, Martin, if you want to be the preacher at Ebenezer Baptist, you can be that. But if you want to be a garbage man, you can be a garbage man too. You don't have to live in, the, in all the pressure of who your father was and who your grandfather is. And if Coretta Scott King can say that, I think I can say that today to you too. You need to take some of that pressure off. God here isn't saying to us that our salvation is, is weighted in our efforts. Your, your salvation is a done deal. That's in the notes. Write that down. It's a done deal. Your salvation is a done deal. But we, we walk and we live and, and we work in such a way to show that that's real. And the clearest way we're going to show that's real is in the way we treat other people. Over and over and over again in Scripture, this is what he says. The world's going to know based on the way you love each other, first of all, within the church. And second of all, the way you love everybody else, the way you love your neighbor. Worship team, you guys can make your way up. So what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him if a brother or sister is poorly clothed or lacking in daily food? I go back to that word brother. He's been talking about the church here the whole time. And if one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Listen, works show our faith, they don't produce it. And this is about faith alone. We are saved by faith alone. But listen, faith doesn't stay alone. Faith shows its works each and every time. And again, most often in the way we treat each other. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe. And they shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? We were in Cambodia, and I, um, the last morning that we were there, we were flying out that night, we met with a group of young pastors. And we, I, I think we had 19 meetings, Rob, in uh in seven days, 19 meetings in seven days. And that didn't include the, the times we were at schools and we were, there were lots of meetings within the meetings. But this was maybe my favorite. And all these young guys, I mean, these young guys and these ladies, some of these, there were ladies there, they were the only Christian voice in their village was these women, these widows, these widows of the genocide. They were the only Christian voice in, in, their, in their community and they're out there and they're planting churches and they're telling people about Jesus. And these young men who were the sons and grandsons, mostly the grandsons of the genocide. And there was this one guy though that walked in the room and he was just that guy. You know, there's people who walk into a room and say, here I am. There's people who walk into a room and say, there you are. He's a there you are, but, 
But when he walked in the room, everybody knew he walked in the room. There was just something about him. And he was kind of a hipster and, you know, he had his cool little jacket on. You could see his socks, you know, and, and everything. He was just kind of a hipster. And, and uh, I, was, I was like, man, you can just tell this guy's really sharp. And we were going around and we, you know, what do you do for work? Because all of them are bivocational. And how many churches have you started? He said, I'm a farmer. I've started 12 churches, 28 years old. Got a wife, two kids. And he's talking about his churches. And I said, I said, we'll call him Lee just for his own safety. Because safety is still a deal. The political and the religious gets all mixed up there in that country. And they're like, you know, people always think we're trying to start revolution for the government. We're starting to do a revolution for Jesus. But but not the government, but people always get that confused. So, so I'm not going to say his real name. So we'll call him Lee. Lee said, I said, Lee, how do you do this? How do you start churches? He goes, oh, it's so easy, Pastor Randy. He goes, so I, what I do is during rainy season, I have some extra time. He goes, I have my farm ready. He goes, I love my family well. And then I go and I find someone and I say, planting starts soon. Let me help you in your farm. And I'll sleep in your, in your barn for the next week and I'll just stay there and I'll help you on your farm. And they'll say, well, I can't afford you. And you say, well, you, you can just give me a little rice or something at the end. That's all you have to pay me. And he said, I work really, really hard. I do my job really, really well. I work harder than they do. And I sleep in their barn and then they come and they've got some rice or a little bit of money. And I say, no, no, no. I just need 10 minutes to tell you about someone. His name is Jesus. He goes, I go back and I plant my, my farm. I work really, really hard. I love my family really, really well. And then I go back and I go and, and he said, I help them plant for a week and I sleep in their barn. And then they want to pay me. And I say, no, can I just tell your family about Jesus? He goes, and that works every time. I've planted 12 churches in 12 villages. And I got up, and I know this like broke every cultural norm as an older pastor, because see, here's the deal. Wherever I went, like everyone wanted pictures with me and I figured it out after a while. It wasn't because I was so incredibly good looking, okay? I thought that's what it was at first. If you're 60 years old, you survived the genocide as a Christian. And there are only 200 of them. Out of 200,000 Christians, 200 survived the genocide. So I'm running in the draft of, of all of these saints like Lahoon who started this school of discipleship. Every one of them wanted a picture with me. I'm a pastor. That meant something incredible to them. And, and I got up, and I, I didn't even, I don't even remember, I don't even remember doing it. I just got up and I went over and I just bowed at his feet, it, which embarrassed him incredibly. He said, no, 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 pastor, please don't, don't. He goes, it's the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. And I said, no, you need to understand something here, Lee. Lee, I haven't seen this before. I haven't seen this. 
This is not how we do it here. We go to conferences and they put a chart up on the wall and they like, this is how you win people to Jesus. This is what you do. You do these things and then people, and then you do this and then you do this and then you do this. It's like, yours is a lot simpler. You just go sleep in a barn and plant. Sometimes you just need a model, don't you? You forget how to love your wife and then you see a couple at dinner and you go, oh, that's how you do it. You forget how to not lose your temper and then you see somebody not overreacting. You go, oh, that's how you do it. This is how you do it. You wanna know how to love people? Treat them with dignity. You wanna know what your faith and your works is? You know what the works is? Treat people with dignity. That's what this weekend that we celebrate in our country, Dr. King's birthday, is supposed to be about, that, that we believe that all men are created with unalienable rights, endowed by their creator. The Eaglesons gave me this shirt last weekend. Um, it, says, it says, tell your story for his glory. That's what Lee was saying to me it's for the glory of God I said amen Lee but I needed a picture this thing isn't that complicated just love people well and tell his story love people well and tell his story pray and watch the power of God at work um I've preached too long. We've got communion. This reminds us of his story, his body, his blood. The bread represents his body, his life. Bread, the blood, the, the cup represents his blood, the covenant that he promised us. We're gonna come and we're gonna receive this as an act of worship. We have our offering buckets up here. Thank you guys for giving. You're faithful. Love people well, church. Love people well. Remember, in as much as you've done it unto the least of these, you've done it unto me. He sees. He sees it. He sees it all. And, you know, I like it when people do nice things for me, but I love it when you do those for me when you encourage my kids God's a father Jesus we come before you and we thank you for your goodness and your graciousness and your love and your mercy and Lord we know we live in a country that's still really divided and I think you picked this passage today for this day as we are divided over our politics and our skin and, and our everything. Jesus, we can't say brother and partiality and faith and God in the same sentence. It just does not work. So Lord, we would pray in Jesus' name that we would be a people that look at brother first and look at God first. And all of our preferences and all those other things come way later about you and your